So I don't, uh, I don't have a series or anything for us. Um, I'd like to put in together like a two-week series thing, because uh, Pastor Joe's not going to be here next week either. Um, but uh, what I do have for you is just something that has been on my mind and my heart um, that the Lord has put there the last several weeks. Um, I briefly touched on some of this in Sunday school on Sunday for um, those of you that were there. Um, but uh, I want to talk this morning. We've been on this this journey since June on Sunday mornings talking about courage. Um, and we finished that up. Pastor Joe finished that up a couple weeks ago. Um, but we did four or five weeks. We talked about having courage. And remember some of the things we talked about courage. Uh, courage to venture, the courage to love, the courage to be kind. Um, you know, different, different aspects of courage. Um, and, and I'm not intending to add more to what God has already said or what Pastor Joe has already said through um, these messages, but, uh, you know, if you were here on Sunday, we had a message from uh, the Lord, uh, uh, I don't think it was a message in tongues, but a message from the Lord uh, about taking courage, and I think that that's something that's important for us um, and, and will be continually important for us, that it's not just a five-week thing and, okay, we've had enough courage and we're done with courage, so let's move on to something else. Um, and so, like I said, I don't want to, you know, intend to add more things like it wasn't enough. Um, if you missed that series, it's online. You can, can watch it online or listen online or get the CDs. It's good stuff. Um, but I'm just offering maybe a different perspective that's based on what I'm seeing in the church and in Christianity today, um, not just in our nation wide, you know, church, but even in our own community and even in our church. And I can say that confidently with no judgment towards anybody because, um, I struggle with some of these things too <laughs> that we're going to talk about. And I want to talk tonight about fear, right? If we're talking about courage, um, and we've been talking about courage, I think it makes sense to talk about fear as well, um, because it is a strict sort of literal definition of the two words. Um, courage is doing something that normally makes you afraid, and fear is the opposite of courage. And I think scripture actually speaks to this. Now, there are some good types of fear that we can have in our life. Um, there's good types and there's bad types. If you have fear of jumping out of an airplane, that's probably a good fear, okay? <laughs> it's the fear that keeps you from jumping off of buildings or just thinking that you're on a big ladder and you can just jump down. Um, there's a fear that sort of is, is a part of taking care of who are. If you're afraid to reach out and touch a rattlesnake or a copperhead or something like that, that's a good fear, right? We need those types of things. Um, I wouldn't be reaching out and touching a, you know, a rattlesnake. Um, just not that guy. I see those guys on TV that are in the survival situations, and um, they're like, oh, I haven't eaten anything for like a week, and they're just like, grab it up, cut its head off, cook it, eat it. Um, not that guy. Um, a, a, a healthy and respectful fear of God is a good fear. Um, that is not being... Um, we'll talk about a different type of fear of God um, in a little bit. It's not so much being afraid that um, God is mad at you or that God's going to punish you, but it's, it's a respectful thing of recognizing that God is 
so many of the things we talked about in our characteristics of God series, that God is holy, that God is powerful, and it brings this, this respectful sort of fear of God um, to it. But there are also bad fears. There's good fears and there's bad fears, and they're bad because they're not based in reality, and they actually paralyze us, and they make us ineffective in handling life and in handling the kingdom. Or, I'm sorry, not handling, advancing the kingdom, is what I meant to say. Ineffective in handling life and ineffective in advancing the kingdom. And what happens to us is that so often we allow these fears to do exactly that. Fear gets a hold in our heart and in our life, and it paralyzes us. And we, we sit around and, and allow this fear to consume us, and before we know it, uh, being afraid is the only thing we know how to do. And it's the only thing that we're able to do. And fear, sitting in fear, it, it becomes a part of our life. Now, there are a lot of different ways that this plays out for us. And I'm going to walk through a, a list of them um, tonight. And we'll kind of talk about them. Um, you may have and find yourself being in more than one of these places um, you may only have one. I'm sure that somewhere on this list you can identify with some of the things that we'll talk about. There are people that are afraid of the political climate in the U.S. right now. Uh, afraid of who will win the election. Fear that if the right person doesn't win the election that the country is going to be over. Or at least the country as we know it is going to be over. Uh, and it's, it's a paralyzing thing, especially, I mean, it's making its way even into churches. It's a paralyzing thing for us. We get so focused on the election and so afraid of what is happening politically that it takes our eyes off of Jesus. We can look around at the world and, and you know, I don't watch the news um, just because I don't have a way to really watch the news at home. Um, but I read stuff on the internet every week. There's a new terrorist attack somewhere in the world. Um, and, and, and we can be afraid of that. We can be afraid of, of ISIS or whatever the next terror cell will be. We can be afraid that what is happening in other parts of the world will start to happen here in America. We can be afraid of viruses and diseases along with terror attacks. I see that in the news all the time. There's a new virus. There's a new thing going on. It's going to wipe out the world and it's going to kill everybody. At least that's what the news tells you. You can be afraid of, of traveling uh, because of said viruses or terrorist attacks or whatever, um, all these kinds of different things. I just got back from, um, from vacation, which was very nice. And, of course, one of the things that Katie and I did when we got back was we said, well, where are we going to go next? Like, let's to next year. Where are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so we're dreaming big about all these places that we want to travel. Um, and and it's, it's been a desire of mine for a long time to travel Europe. Uh, and go to different countries in Europe. But right now, can I just be honest? Like, I'm a little afraid to go to Europe right now with all that's happening. Um, and so in a sense, you know, that could, or talking about vacation, okay, that can be a good thing to not want to go to Europe, you know, whatever. That probably doesn't have a big impact on the kingdom. But what if God calls you to Europe? Or what if a ministry opportunity opens up? You get a chance to go on a missions trip to there or anywhere else in the world. Opportunity opens up to be a part of a, a ministry or to help out. Do our fears prevent us from following God's path for our life and the doors that would open up, um, that he could open up? We could be afraid of, of many other things. We could be afraid of losing our job, um, unemployment, which leads to the next point. We could be afraid of how um, we're ever going to manage our finances. 
Whether you're facing unemployment or not, uh, it's something that we deal with. You don't have money to pay the bills. The car needs fixed. You need food on the table. Uh, and it, it's not just like, I got to figure this out. It can become a fear for us. And I see it over and over again. We can be afraid of relationships that um, might fall apart. Maybe you've grown distant from a, a spouse or your kids. Or we can be afraid of the future. We can be afraid of the past and the mistakes we've made in the past. We can be afraid of failure starting a new venture, going to a new place, um, afraid that we're going to fail as, as a spouse or as a parent, afraid that you're going to fail God, afraid that you won't ever be good enough for people, um, afraid of, of getting involved in ministry because you think it's too much or it's too great a responsibility or you feel like you'll mess it up and God will be mad at you, afraid of sharing your faith or maybe even, like I said, afraid of God that you would feel that you are not good enough for God or that you've made too many mistakes or that God doesn't love you. I mean, I've talked to people like that before, and, and it's sad, and it really um, it hurts me to think about some of those things. So I don't know if you identify with some of those things or not. Uh, like I said, some of those things on, on the list I resonate with in talking about fear. Um, it, it's a big thing, and if we're talking about courage, like I said, I think we need to talk about fear, and we should talk about the sources um, of said fear and then how we get over them. Um, I just want to say this before we, we dig into a little bit of Scripture um, and then hopefully have some, some good discussion on this. Um, you know, we talk about fear and we talk about courage, and I want us to understand that as Christians, there shouldn't be a choice, right? It shouldn't be a choice that we make, like um, whether we're going to be courageous or whether we're going to be fearful, because to be fearful, uh, I believe, is, you know, scripturally, is to be sinful, um, at least in, in some of the things that we're talking about. Like I said, there's good fears and there's bad fears. When we talk about these fears that are paralyzing us, um, I, I think that that goes against what God's plan is for us. Um, and, and so I want us to look tonight at, a, a, I think, a good passage of Scripture. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you want to turn there. Let me give you some background on it here tonight, some background. This was written by Paul to Timothy. Timothy was a companion of Paul's. Uh, Timothy was a young man. It's possible that Paul was the one who led Timothy to his relationship with Jesus. Uh, Paul calls him several times his son or his uh, true son in the faith. And Paul and Timothy are imprisoned. All right, I want you to really try to put yourself in the place of Paul and Timothy tonight as we approach this. Really try to put yourself, not just, not just think about it as history, but really try to put yourself there with them. Because I think that will inform us today and where we're at and what we're talking about today. Paul and Timothy are imprisoned together under Emperor Nero's rule. Uh, scholars believe that this imprisonment was more like a house arrest and less like being thrown into a cell and chained up. Um, so here you have Paul and Timothy. They're imprisoned for um, you know, sharing their faith, um, spreading the gospel, and they're in this house arrest sort of state. And they eventually are released from prison. And Paul starts his fourth missionary journey. And uh, in the course of that, Paul appoints Timothy as the overseer and the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Now, let's look at this. These guys were in prison, house arrest, and then they get out, and what do they do? They go right back to the work they were doing. Paul takes 
a missionary journey. Timothy goes along with him, I think, for a little while, uh, and eventually Timothy ends up being appointed as, as like the overseer for the church in Ephesus. Um, so these guys were in prison, and when they get out, they go right back to doing the same thing. That is courage to me, to do that. Regardless of whether they are in a dark room somewhere, chained up, you know, you know or, or whether they're in this house arrest sort of state and can't leave a house or can't leave, uh, you know, wherever it is, to go back to what they just got in trouble for doing, um, I think speaks a lot of, uh, of courage and, and not fear for me. And so it's during this journey, this missionary journey that Paul is on, um, that we get the writing of 1 Timothy. But then Paul is thrown in prison again. If you uh, are a good student of history or you remember, uh, if you were with us in Sunday school, um, the time Paul is thrown in prison is around 65 AD. So we're talking 35-ish years after Jesus. The Great Fire of Rome, I'm giving you a history lesson. The Great Fire of Rome happened in 64 AD. Huge chunk of the city of Rome is destroyed by this fire. And the emperor Nero is basically looking for somebody to blame. (laughs) for this fire. And he intentionally and wrongfully blames the Christians. And so in 64, 65 AD, around the time that Paul is thrown in prison uh, again, we have persecution being seriously ramped up in Rome and in the Roman Empire. Uh, Persecution of Christians because they're being blamed for um, this fire. And so it's within this context that Paul is in prison this time not under house arrest, probably chained up in a cell somewhere, um, knowing that this is probably going to be it for him with all of the persecution that's going on, um, staring death um, probably really in the face. It's within this context that he writes to Timothy the, the book that we now have as Second Timothy. And so again, I want you to think about that. Being in prison, getting out, being blamed for the fire, going under persecution, getting thrown back into prison. And then we're going to read in chapter 1 some of the words of Paul to Timothy. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 3. This is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So Paul is going on and he's talking uh, to Timothy about this this faith that he has. He's so glad that Timothy is serving Jesus. Um, Timothy apparently had a a godly grandmother and mother um, that helped um, leading him in, in the faith. Um, In verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began." and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, 
For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And Paul gives this encouragement to Timothy. Um, speaking about Timothy's, uh, again, grandmother and mother and this faith that he has, um, the anointing of and call of God on his life, which Paul recognized in the laying on of hands, um, setting Timothy apart for ministry. And he says that God gave us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. And Paul goes on to basically, uh, in a sense, summarize the gospel and say that he is not ashamed of it uh, and imply that Timothy should not be uh, ashamed of it as well. And so this is really, for me, it's really interesting. It's one thing to just read this passage. It's another thing to read this passage with an understanding of what the world is like when Paul is writing it. Um, and we, we spent some time in Sunday school, and I don't mean to keep going back to that. Um, Sunday school, we talked a little bit about the election and things coming up, but we trod some some parallels between what Rome was like and what our culture is like now. Um, Rome was big, they were powerful, uh, they were evil, very evil. Paul outlines um, all kinds of things in um, Romans chapter 1. He says that they're evil, he says that they're wicked, and he lists all the sins that they do. They're drunkards, they're, um, they're envious, they are you know, um, uh, sexually impure, all of these different things Paul lists. And he's talking really about the culture and the people around um, and so we have this, this really interesting comparison between Rome, I think, and what our world is like. And when we look at the New Testament, all of the things that the people wrote in the New Testament, and, and thinking in terms of a Christian for so much of, of the writings of the New Testament and the people that lived back then, they were under persecution. And they were living in an evil society, and they were living in a time that was so wicked. We kind of get, you know, we focus on all the great things that were happening in the church. And that's, there were great things happening in the church, um, in the New Testament, the early church. And, and people were getting saved. People were coming to know Jesus. And the gospel was spreading around the world. But the culture was evil and wicked and sinful and hated all of the Christians. And I think that there's some parallels that we can draw to our culture and our society today that's evil and wicked and really, for the most part, doesn't like Christians. And yet, what do we see over and over again throughout the New Testament? We see things like pray for and respect the leaders. We see Jesus talk about don't worry. We see uh, this verse here in Timothy. Paul says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, right? And love and self-control. And it's, it's so easy for us to now sit back and, and let this fear paralyze us, but we weren't created for that. We were created to have the power of God in us and the love of God in us and the self-control that, that he's giving us through salvation and through the Holy Spirit. Um, and I, and I want to draw our attention to, to one more thing before I kind of start asking some questions. Um, when we look at, at the New Testament in the church, um, Man, it was it was a a wicked empire. I mean, we you know, we get all these different cities, right? Ephesus, um, Philippi, Corinth, all these different cities, but they were all under Roman rule. 
And so there were some differences, but some similarities for all of these cities because they were all a part of the same Roman Empire. And so it's, again, not to, not to just keep throwing this out there, but the people are evil, there's persecution, but what's happening with the church? The church is growing in the midst of all of these things. And, and I would say, you know, we, we can look at reasons for that. Of course, the Holy Spirit, yes. The power from the Holy Spirit, yes. Um, but I look at this and, and I think, man, the reason that the church was growing, the reason that so many people were, were coming to Jesus, uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Christians didn't sit around in fear. But they recognized that God had given them new life and God had given them power. And they were going to take that power to the people of the world. And I would say, you know, that's a challenging thought for us as well, um, to, to think about taking the good news of Jesus to the world, even if we live in an evil country, even if there are bad things happening around the world, even if the threat of persecution comes. It shouldn't be something that paralyzes us in fear, but it should be something that the Holy Spirit empowers us to continue through to advance the kingdom and to share the gospel. Absolutely. So if I can bring us back around and uh, uh, take us home tonight with that sort of thinking. Um, again, you know, this was, some of this is stuff that, like I said, the Spirit's been dealing with me about. Um, some of it is things that I see in the news and I see happening in our world. Um, I just see so much fear in the lives of Christians and in the church, whether that is about the things happening in our country or in the world, or whether it's things like um, us being afraid of our finances, and so we feel like we can't give to God, or us being afraid of time, and we can't give to God, or us being afraid to step out in ministry, or being afraid to um, to share our faith, or do all these different things. Um, it's paralyzing us, and it's 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 hurting the church. And it's hurting the kingdom. And I don't think that it's God's intention for um, us to, to live in fear. He wants us to live in faith. He wants us to have courage. And he wants to use us. Um, I believe, I, I, I am sold on this as, as an absolute teaching of Scripture, that God wants everybody to come to know him. And I think that... At any time, you know, sometimes we treat revival like it's this thing that it's just way off. And, and if we just pray about it, you know, long enough that, you know, God will just be pleased to just send it down. And we forget that we are agents that, that help make that happen. That's the way God works. He works through us. He works through people. And while we're sitting here trying to figure out what's going on in our life and trying to figure out, you know, this fear thing, how many people around us are needing Jesus? And we are in a position to help them, but we're caught up in fear about all these other things. Um, and so I just, a final point of encouragement uh, to all of us, uh, I guess, tonight is um, just that scripture. God didn't make us with a spirit of fear. God gave us the Holy Spirit, um, full of power, and full of his equipping to do all of the things that that lay ahead of us, um, whether that's um, you know dealing with the things in the world, whether it's it's ministry, whether it's dealing with you know things in our personal lives that we're afraid of. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, 
And so to sit and, and allow that fear to overcome us um, is not in God's plan. He desires to work through us and to give us courage and give us faith to overcome. All right, well, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll dismiss. Father, we're thankful, God, for your Spirit. Thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of our hearts, God, that you speak to us, um, that you change us. And Lord, of course, as, as we know, you empower us. And uh, God, we're thankful for the empowering that comes with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you'd help us all to uh, open ourselves up to that power, open ourselves up to um, the courage that comes through the Holy Spirit. God, that we wouldn't find ourselves being paralyzed by fear in whatever situation it is we find ourselves in. Um, in our life and, and however we're dealing with the fear, God, I pray that the fear would be overcome um, by your power, God, by your, your uh, greatness. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have the courage and have the faith to step out and to do new things or to talk to new people or to follow you in um, the paths that you have for our life. And God, as we do that, uh, of course, pray that you would uh, continually draw us closer to you and uh, let us be fruitful in our efforts to spread the gospel and uh, to reach the world. So, Lord, we just thank you again, God, for um, everything. Lord, we give you praise and glory. We ask this in your name. Amen.